0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Around the Rink. Today is Thursday, February 29th. I don't know how many other shows uh, can say that they've done a show on Leap Year. So that's pretty cool, I guess. Uh, Tonight is our 46th episode. That's wild. We've almost hit a year. Um, That's pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty cool. Thanks to everybody that supported us along the way. Uh, and our special guest tonight is Catherine Bogert. She works for the New Jersey Devils in a variety of uh, capacities that we'll we'll get into here uh, really quick. But if you follow the Devils, you've probably seen or heard Catherine, um, whether you're at the game or uh, at home or following along online. Uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in again, uh, whether you're listening to us live uh, or in the future, uh, whenever that is, when you listen to us in podcast form. Uh, we appreciate everybody. Uh, last week, last show, I guess, yeah, last week, uh, six, seven, eight days, nine days ago, uh, we had Carly Jackson on, goaltender for, uh, the Toronto team in the PWHL. Great to catch up with CJ again. Uh, our second two-time guest, I guess. Um, so that was pretty cool. I, I love always love hearing CJ's insights into uh, uh, just. Outlook on on things, life in general, uh, got some really cool I thought perspective on um, playing as a starting goaltender, a second string goaltender, and then as a third goaltender. TJ's kind of been through all those those uh, those jobs, um, those positions, and, and really interesting to hear that mindset. And I think I think the first question Allie asked, we got a that's a great question. Um, And that's always fun to hear. So thanks to everybody that listened to that. Uh, If you haven't already uh, subscribe to us on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search for the Ice Garden. If it is on Apple Music, I believe you have to, there might be two options there. There might be two Ice Gardens. Uh, You're not seeing double. Um, You just have to find the one that has the most updated stuff and then it'll have this show. It'll have all the other podcasts that the Ice Garden is currently pumping out. Uh, welcome back to the program, my co-host, Allie Morris. Uh, everybody knows Allie has once scored a goal. She's also stopped marie Fleet Glenn on a breakaway. She coaches about 43 teams in the Minnesota area. Uh, connoisseur of all things potato. She does not discriminate. Um, also sells houses, um, I wouldn't say in her spare time. Plays goaltender for probably like four or five different teams in Minnesota. Uh, currently coming to us from probably a basement or a closed room somewhere in Minnesota. Um, and also now I can add to this a member of the Ice Garden uh, podcast, Mafia, because I, I'm sure every podcast that we have now on the Ice Garden features my co-host and my friend, Allie Morse. Allie, how are you doing tonight?
1: That was quite the intro today. Oh, my goodness.
0: was <laughs> a little long.
2: It was a little long.
1: Uh, um, I'm doing good. The snow has, I think, officially melted off the ground again. Um, I acquired a hoodie blanket today, um, that I'm currently wearing. I'm very much enjoying it. Uh, so it's a good day.
0: <laughs> very good. Very, I didn't realize you guys got dusted with snow again, but then again, you live in Minnesota. And that's generally a, a weekly occurrence, I would assume.
1: Yeah, we got snowed on probably 2 days ago and it was one of those things where we were all like ah oh, so offended and we're like <laughs> okay, well it is February. We kind of got to check ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Spoiled this winter.
0: We we've we haven't had too many of those days out here thankfully. Um especially in recent years, it's like we get like one snowstorm a year, which is the complete opposite of where you live, but hopefully that clears up soon. Um great to hear your voice again. It's been uh, nine days. Uh, I'm glad you're back. Uh, We got a fun show tonight. Uh, Before we get into everything else, thanks to our leader and uh, boss over at the Ice Garden, Mike Murphy. Without him, the Ice Garden isn't here. We're not here. We don't get to do cool things. We don't get to have these cool mini microphones that uh, everybody else's support has kind of provided us. So we're uh, eternally grateful and thankful for that. Um, thanks to everybody over at the ice garden, pumping out great material on the the season, the PWHL season, uh, international hockey, all that good stuff, college hockey, we got it all covered. Um, and thanks to Kelly, our producer who, uh, I give her the link and she puts it in the machine and, and everybody's, uh, able to listen to us, not only here in the Twitterverse, but also in podcast form, wherever you like to listen to podcasts again, just search for the ice garden. Uh you went to another game, Allie, right? You went to another PWHL game in Minnesota? Yes, I did. Yep. How uh how was that experience? This was what, your third, fourth game?
1: The third, I think, PWHL game. Like I said last episode, my brain smashes the rivalry series game oh, right. I'm with it for whatever <laughs> reason. But I think it's three. Um it was pretty good. Um, unfortunately, Minnesota did not score. You could tell the, uh, the crowd was just itching, um, for them to score, um, tough without Heisey, um, it was really fun to see Sophie Jakes step up again. Um, I know they just lost to Toronto, but it sounded like she had a really good game again. Um, so obviously that trade is paying off for Minnesota. Which is cool, but yeah, unfortunately, a little little skidding, but it was it was a good atmosphere.
0: And it's uh, those games where they when the, the home team can't score or they or they're like you can sense those moments where the crowd is kind of ready to burst, and uh, unfortunately, they didn't they didn't get to do that that night. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Sophie on this show. You mentioned that, that you thought that Minnesota had acquired her with kind of a. Um, you know uh they it was a player that they wanted and they, they made they had to give up two players to get her um and took a, a player that was playing 6th 7th D minutes and uh, all of a sudden was on Minnesota's top pair playing top power play right getting getting all the opportunities playing alongside a longtime Team USA member Lee Stackline, right that that can only help too so
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, good for for everybody involved and it looked like the the trade has sort of worked out for Boston. Tapani, I think, scored uh, uh, recently, if not two times recently. So, um, and, and I think Abby Cook has scored as well. So everybody kind of got what they wanted out of it. And uh, for Minnesota, it's a, <laughs> you got a, a, a nice piece that you can hopefully build around. Uh, just a quick update on a couple of our former guests who are playing overseas. Cassidy Sauve, uh, her team advanced. I want to pull up the... I got a message to, uh yesterday about it uh from her dad shout out to to Papa Sove. Uh Cassidy made 30 saves. Uh her the the other goaltender only had to make 12 saves. Um and in the whole series uh Cassidy made a total of 84 saves in three games, gave up only two goals. Uh 97 save percentage. Uh so her team advanced I believe to the semifinals. Um she had another great game. She's you know, lucky to kind of find a job, uh middle of, of their season, a team that she had played with before. So kind of worked out where I guess they needed a goaltender or something happened, Uh spot became available. So, uh, stoked to hear that. Uh, hopefully her team has, a, a another series win in them. Uh, I believe they have a little bit of time off before then. So, uh, uh, we'll, uh, oh, I'll be, uh, Keeping keeping posted on that and another former goaltender, another Buffalo goaltender, uh, Lolo Bernson. I believe her team also advanced in in the the league that she's in. Um, if I understood it right, that team is like kind of like trying to climb up to another league. Um, so hopefully, uh, Lolo can help backstop them to uh, higher ground. I guess um, the PWHL really quick. Uh, uh, Announced r- rules regarding the end of the season with the playoffs um, and the competition or, or yeah, I guess competition for the first overall pick. Uh, Ali, as a player, what do you think of the, the playoff rules where um, the top four teams will advance and the top team gets to pick which team they would prefer to play the third seeded team or the fourth seeded team? There, there's a, uh, um I don't think that's ever been done in professional sports before maybe over in in some soccer leagues or something like that I don't quote me on that but what 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 as a former player what's what's your uh, instant reaction I guess we've only heard, known the news for about 24 hours now
1: Yeah I think I think this is something that I like that they're trying different um I really like You know as a team that you play better or worse against certain teams. And especially since they're moving it to five-game series, I feel like you know between team three or four. And in a six-team league, it's not going to be like some massive drop-off probably from what we've seen. So I feel like it's really cool to give that top team the opportunity to go... Yeah, I think if we had to play this team for five games, that we could maybe win sooner, get some rest before the next one, or I don't know. I just, I really like it. It's, I, like I you can, said, different, but I like it.
0: Yeah, and, and I can also play devil's advocate and flip it and take the, the point of view for the team that's getting selected and say, well, they're going to be butthurt. They're going to be like, oh, you want to play us? All right. All right. We'll see. Um, Now, you mentioned it is going to be a five-game series. I think that's a little bit different than if you're having a one-off or even a best-of-three where um, shit can go sideways pretty quickly, especially momentum is a real thing. Um, But I I think it's interesting. I I think it just creates – it it gets everybody talking about them trying something different. Um, It creates that intrigue where – there will be some, some scrutiny if you pick a team and then you get beat by said team. But it also might be um, hey, this team is a little bit banged up, right? You said Heisey is out now for Minnesota. Unfortunately, she got hurt in the rival series um, and now can't finish the season, I believe, for her team. I don't, don't quote me on that, but I, that's what I believe I read or heard. Um, so maybe you, you say, like, hey, we want to play against Team B because they're a little bit more banged up than Team A. Um, so there's some strategy to it, and then um, the last the, the two teams that are eliminated will be competing uh, by winning games, um, I guess, to get points for the first overall pick. So the games have some sort of meaning. I like the idea of that, but I think it's I don't know how it's going to work out because you only have six teams in the league, and there's only going to be two teams competing for that first. Pick obviously right. I mean that, that's if four teams are making the playoffs, um, and the same thing with the playoff rule. I think it could work if you had a, maybe a little bit more teams. But I like the trying new shit and innovation, and, and I think uh I think the players are will all kind of be in, for for those kind of things, right? Like you want to just try new shit out because it is the first year and and of hopefully many.
1: Right, and I think like we've kind of been saying trying new things that aren't totally bizarre, you know what i mean like yeah. i don't like we said i don't know that this has really been done before but it like you said it keeps that intrigue i think the stuff like this i think most of the players are probably fine with giving it a whirl um they all know enough people on each team where no one's going to be like oh my god we have to play them like yeah
0: <laughs> with six teams like everybody knows everybody like especially at the end of a 24 game season like we saw it in the NWHL/PHF slash like at the end of the season there's no secrets everybody knows everybody they know what you're good at what you're not good at um how they match up against you certain ways like all that's going to going to factor into who you want to play and and all that and um I'm excited to, I'm I'm excited to see how it plays out um Real quick before we get to our guests, and we'll stop rambling. Uh, really quick, I was at uh, Devil's Game last week. I want to say probably a week ago, Thursday. Um, ran into somebody, and I'm not gonna, I'm not dropping names or anything like that. But somebody who's covered hockey for a long time, uh, obviously lives in the area. We'll say New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. Um, went out and was covering one of the PWHL games that recently that Alex Carpenter scored a couple of goals um, and. They requested, so it was him and two other reporters, um, requested to speak to Carpenter after the game. And they were told, like, oh, she's not available tonight. And they were like, well, she'd scored two goals. Like, why wouldn't she be available? There's, there's three of us here. Like, you know, like, and they said, well, you know, the last game in Ottawa, they asked her to come out to speak, and there was only one question asked or something like that. And, um, so she kind of had, didn't, didn't want to go through that again. They were like, look, we got like 10 questions we want to ask or we'll get it done in five minutes. Like, please just, um, so that all ended up working out. And, um, just, uh, as, as somebody who hasn't, I haven't been to any of the games I've, I've made that known here. I haven't made, I haven't made it to any games, covered any games of the new league. Um, but in the past and the other iteration of this league, um, I, I very rarely encountered moments like that, but it did happen. And it's frustrating when you're one of three people there to, to cover a game. It's like, hey, like, you know, there's there's other things I could be doing with my time. It could be I'm probably not making a lot of money doing this, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But like um, at the end of the day, at least for me, like I'm trying to help grow this game, this league. Um, please give me the five minutes to be able to do this. Um, so it just uh, uh, kind of caught me off guard a little bit that it would like this because i know there's i've heard a lot of good stories of how the infrastructure has been with this new league and and all the teams and stuff like that media accommodations um but i was disappointed to hear also that there was only three people that covered the game where it's um we see a lot of public support from people who can go to these games and cover them but the actual boots on the ground showing up and and writing stories when it's not like a big topic, like that's always kind of been a, a, a thing that we've, you know, us that have covered the game on a day to day basis over the last five, six, eight years, whatever. Um, you know, we, we, you need more of those people to show up boots on the ground and, and actually get out there and, and talk to the players and, and do those things and bring, bring more attention to it. Cause that's at the end of the day, that's what we're all trying to do is grow the same thing. Right. Um, just my thoughts and just a little quick story I wanted to share. Uh, that being said, uh, enough of my rambling. We're going to bring in our guest. I'm going to uh, play this real quick. And before I play this, um, if you're listening live and you haven't already submitted a question, that would be a great time to do that. Uh, we have a couple of questions that came in earlier today, so uh, we have plenty of space to add some more of that. Um, if you don't want to ask a question, that's cool, too. Uh, we appreciate you listening nonetheless. And obviously, if you're listening in the future, you can't submit a question. Um, but maybe next time. Uh, so let me play this, uh, Allie, bring our guest in and, uh, yeah, and then we'll get to that part of the show. Hi, this is Amanda
1: Levier and you are listening to Around the Rink with Allie Morse and Dan Rice on the Ice Garden Radio Network.
0: Thank you for that, Lev. How is Lev doing, Allie? You see, you see, you say you see her all the time. How she been doing?
1: Yep, I saw her on Monday, today, today is Thursday. today's
2: Thursday.
1: Today I have honest to God not been able to figure out what day of the week it is for at least the last week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Something throwing you off? Did you have an off day in there somewhere or Oh,
1: well the problem is my work is never determined and determined by what day it is. <laughs>
2: uh, okay. That'll do it. That'll do <laughs> well, it. I don't
1: know. I don't know. Some weeks I'm starting to have more weeks like this where I'm like, I don't, I don't know what day it is. I use a paper planner and everything. can see it in front of me, but I still don't know.
0: <laughs> but it's still not helping out.
1: Nope.
0: That's all right. Oh, uh, we- but
1: Lab's good. Love's good.
0: <laughs> She's good. She's still uh, working on the home renovations. Yeah.
1: I have not asked recently on what their, le- their um, most recent project is. I should ask how their kitchen is doing.
0: Yeah, we need to get updates on this. We That's- have... I, I want to ask other questions about other stuff, but I saw our listener ask a, a question about uh, equipment-related stuff, so we'll save that for later uh, when when we get to our uh, our listener questions. Um, I see Catherine is listening. Did you, Ali, you sent her the request? Did she not accept it to be a speaker? Yes,
1: Catherine just needs to click accept invite or something like that.
0: All right. So we'll. This is this is live uh, live stuff. So we'll just kind of roll roll with it. Um, I can ramble, I think, for a little while. Uh, <laughs> but everything's been good here. Uh, I'm actually going to head out to a game. Um, I'm going to go to the New York game, but New York is playing in Connecticut, um, I think, in like two or three weeks. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm just going to go sit in the stands and do something I haven't done in a long time be a fan. So uh, I'm excited for that. I see. Did you
1: just say New York is playing Connecticut?
0: No, I said the team that from New York that's playing in Connecticut. So oh. uh the game is gonna be in Connecticut, like so I'm I'm driving
1: Oh, I was like, Dan, come on, get with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: but they're they're called New York. So uh pick, NYC, pick New York, Connecticut. New York, Connecticut. Uh I think they have played uh, more games in I feel like they've played more games in New York than Connecticut so far, but I, I think the is split anyway. Um All right, without further ado, uh, let's bring in our guest. We're we're done rambling. I think we got everything sorted out. Um, Catherine Bogert, welcome to our show. Uh, Previously, you worked for Team USA, uh, uh, Team USA Hockey. uh, Also worked at BU and Hockey East, I believe. Yes. Uh, And currently working with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, How are you doing tonight? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much
3: both for having me. Um, Everything is good. Can't believe it's already March tomorrow, so... Just shows you how quickly time goes, but that is correct. I did work with USA Hockey to start my career and then freelanced in Boston and covered Hockey East and BU specifically, and then got this job with the Devils.
0: And yeah, now you're the, uh, see if I got this right, the host, reporter, and producer for the New Jersey Devils and the Prudential Center, the building that they play in. Is that correct? Correct. So if you've been to a Devils game, uh, You see Kat on the Jumbotron. If you listen to the games on the radio, like I do when I'm sitting up in the press box, I hear Kat's voice all the time. I also see her walk by me a couple of times, maybe a night. Um, If you're watching the game online or if you follow the team on social, you see Kat uh, doing video stuff, also writing stuff. Um, Why did you end up working in hockey? Like, what was the, the, how did you get down that path?
3: I think it was really by chance. I'm one of those people that really believes that your life unfolds the way it's supposed to and in the timing it's supposed to. I applied for countless jobs after graduating college and while I was in my last semester, senior year of college, and USA Hockey is the one that was the best fit and worked out for me. And I had always been a hockey fan, but I wasn't to the extent that I am now. And I think that first job just really launched my love for the game. I actually kind of predicted that I was going to work for USA hockey one day, I guess you could say when I was in high school, my family moved to Colorado Springs where USA hockey is based out of. And we stayed at a hotel for a week while our house was going through the closing process and everything. And we were a military family. So my dad was transferred to Fort Carson. And when we were in this hotel it was right off the same exit as the USA hockey headquarters. Which you can see from I twenty five, the major highway in Colorado. And I remember telling my family, like, that'd be so cool if I worked there one day. That would be amazing. And I was in high school. I wasn't even considering going really into sports media more than just the casual thought. So that happened. And then about, I don't know, eight years later, I ended up getting a job with USA hockey. So it, it worked out pretty well for me, I guess you could say. And that was definitely where my passion for the sport grew even more. And ever since then, I've become a massive hockey fan.
0: It's it's a, a lot of stuff, as you mentioned, in life is timing and being in a certain place at a certain time. Um, if you don't, if you're not there next to, you know, seeing all that as a young person, you probably don't go down that road maybe, right?
3: Right. I think it's just... It was kind of a sign of what may be coming for me in my life, especially since I didn't grow up playing hockey. I didn't have the financial ability to play when I did my schooling in Maryland. So unfortunately, I didn't have that experience, but I played field hockey. I played lacrosse, tennis, basketball. So I did play quite a few sports and knew that sports were something I was incredibly passionate about. And then when I did get that first job in hockey, I just fell in love with the game so much more i'd always followed the one nhl team that i grew up rooting for and team usa at the olympics so it wasn't that i wasn't a fan i just was more of a casual fan but now it's something that has taken over my life
0: <laughs> quite the opposite now um what did you know about team usa like when you first go out there like what did, did you know, just know like the miracle on ice like was that kind of the extent of it or did you know um, more
3: Uh, I knew more because I'm a big Olympics person. I love watching the Olympics, whether it's summer or winter. It's something that I base a lot of my time around during those every two years, depending on which winter or summer games it is. And so i had always watched Team USA in the Olympics. And I even remember in college, we would get some friends together and we would all watch it, even though it was like three in the morning. So I was a big fan of watching. Um, hockey as much as I could, and I grew up rooting for an NHL team, so I would watch them as well. But when I got to Team USA, I, I knew the big moments, but I didn't understand how much USA hockey does, and it's everything from officials to coaches to players to national teams to growing the game at the youth level. So there's been so much of my world that's been opened up through that job, and I I think it was really awesome for me to start my career with international hockey just because. It is such a unique experience and you meet so many different people. It's not that you're just involved with the NHL or just involved in college hockey. Like I was covering players who went on to play college hockey, went on to play juniors. Now we're in the NHL. So it gave me just such a good background of experience and then covering college hockey. That was something I've always wanted to do as well and to get that experience added to my resume. And then of course the ultimate goal once I did get into hockey was to make it to the NHL. I always knew I wanted to work for a prof- in a professional sports league, but hmm. I didn't want to narrow down my dreams too young. Like it, you don't want to be too specialized in the sport yeah. before you're 18. So that was, I kind of kept my dreams open. But when I got into the hockey world, the NHL was definitely somewhere I wanted to land. And I'm just very grateful that I have.
0: So what? What when you started with with Team USA? Like uh, for those that aren't familiar, what were some of the things that you were doing for them? Uh, a lot of the same stuff you're doing now, I would assume, just on a grander scale. Correct?
3: Yes, I am one of those people that uses their college degree every single day, so I'm very grateful that none of that money was wasted, and in <laughs> fact, it came in handy. But I started doing content for USA Hockey, so I did everything from editing videos and producing videos that were instructional on how to do certain tricks or tips or whatever to help grow the game all the way to traveling to world championships and covering team USA at those. I went to all five of the major double IHF championships in my time at least once. So I saw my first trip was u 18 women's worlds in Buffalo, New York, where USA snapped a losing skid in that tournament. And they won um, with quite a few players that are now in the PWHL. So that was awesome. start my career with that and then my last event was actually men's worlds i believe and the u.s women's national team selection camp in tampa before their 2018 winter olympic games so those are my last two events and i was very grateful for all the opportunities that usa hockey gave me and it's cool because i still see people from that realm all the time i saw a couple of them at the stadium series who now work for the league. There's some that are coaches or big names throughout. Um, Megan Duggan is one of the people that I actually worked extensively with at USA hockey and now have the privilege to work with at the Devils. So it's been really cool to be working with her again and just be able to see how much she's continued to change hockey because she's always been at the forefront of change and growing the game. And it's just amazing to see how well she's done with the Devils and helping them develop their talent and helping with the player development side, because she is truly such an expert at the game. So it's awesome to see us back together at the Devils now. And she's just done a phenomenal job and is an invaluable part of the Devils organization. And they have such promising prospects and such promising players for their future because of getting great draft picks and also developing those great draft picks
0: uh we we say a lot hockey world is very small and, and you ran into somebody now you work with somebody That <laughs> you know i'm sure you probably didn't think uh at some point you would cross or maybe you did you just never know in, in hockey. But, exactly uh, it, it's always cool you, you do a great job and everything like i said uh, if you've been to a Thank game at Prudential Center, you see cat or you hear cat's keys. <laughs> Your cat's keys before the game starts, uh, and then like like I mentioned, uh, I listen to the to the radio broadcast a lot, and and I love it because uh, Matt Lachlan, Chico Rash, they do a great job. Matt told me once a, a long time ago, like nobody's really listened to us, you know, like so we can kind of get away with maybe a little bit more than the the TV broadcast, where like if they don't like a call or they can be really homery. Um, that's what home broadcast is supposed to be. They're supposed to be uh, entertaining for your home fans. But, right. um, I hear these commercials all the time and <laughs> it took me it, I, I honestly, it took me a couple of games where I was like, I, I know, I know these voices. And then I realized it was Catherine's voice and uh, Amanda Stein did a couple of commercials too. And I'm like, you know what? God damn it. Like, that's, that's really cool. Like, uh, again, like, uh, I don't know who's listening to those broadcasts other than me. Um, I know that like the GMs aren't listening to it or anything like that, but it's still nonetheless. I I think it's pretty neat. And um, like I said, I think you do a great job and uh, that uh, Allie's going to kind of take away the next couple of questions. here. (laughs)
1: Um, So speaking of being in New Jersey now, how did you end up getting the job there? Like how did that come about?
3: Yeah. So I was freelancing in college hockey and I had just wrapped up my second season. And I knew that I really wanted to make the jump to the NHL. And I had heard that a job was opening up with the Devils, but it was for a community reporter and it would be really focused on what the Devils do to help support the community and the initiatives and programs they have, the theme nights, the hockey is for everyone nights. So I knew it was going to be a job with a lot of storytelling and good community tie ins. And for me, I thought that's such a cool job. Like I would love to be a part of that. So I applied for the job, was lucky enough to get it and started working there. And I was able to grow my job from just community coverage to being team coverage as well. So now I balance both roles. Um, I recently was able to attend the launch of the Jersey Girls Hockey Club, which is a new initiative by the Devils to kind of help grow the game for girls between five to 12 who are learned to play graduates and just want to play a little bit more casually for the game. So we, they, the Devils launched that right Super Bowl Sunday, right before the stadium series, because that was their legacy project for that. So being able to work on a story like that, but then also help cover the Devils is just a dream come true. And it's been so much fun to keep the storytelling and keep sharing the stories of the community alive, because the Devils do have such a really strong fan base and people who are involved in the community and growing the game in New Jersey that have such great stories and such great initiatives. So it's been really cool. But I landed in this job and I was really passionate to get involved with a team that had a lot of really high standards into being into the community. So when this job came open, I knew that this would be the perfect fit.
1: That's super cool. So you so you technically then do two jobs. I I do a a lot of
3: roles but it's all one job (laughs) but I help with Prudential Center stuff as well I was hired to cover both the Devils um, community aspects and Prudential Center so um, and a lot of people work for both the building and the Devils because it is all under the Harris Blitzer sports and entertainment group. So, But I I like to say that I have a lot of different roles within it, which makes it fun, especially because I love to immerse myself in multiple different projects at one time. So for me, it keeps it interesting.
1: Yeah, for sure. So then what does a typical game day look like for you? Yeah, game
3: days are a lot of fun, but they sometimes they're either going really slow or really quick. And I will be honest, I hope it's the slower version because... Sometimes there's a lot of work to do, but usually my prep for a game day starts the day before, if not days before with researching the opponent, seeing what storylines are coming out of both teams, seeing what I want to get covered for our pregame shows that we do in bowl. So morning of a game day, I'll go to morning skate, interview players, specifically help with some of the web duties that we have for NewJerseyDevils.com and our social media channels. And then after morning skate is over and any practice or morning skate coverage I may have is completed. I turn my attention to the pregame show. So the pregame show I produce and write myself and I get great help from our game presentation team and they're wonderful. And it's been really fun to work with them this season on this pregame show. So I'll write everything up, script out what I want to write for each segment block. We have a segment like Dan said, called cat's keys And it's just kind of some things to focus on for the game, the matchup. Um, And then there's always a devil in focus. So someone who we're watching for a specific reason. Um, We start bringing in some one-on-ones with players as well. So if we are, we usually tape that during morning, morning skate media availability. Once the show is written, I'm doing my hair and makeup, making sure that I get that all done because if you've never been in front of a camera without any makeup on, you have lived a much better life than me because it is a scary site for everyone. So I get my hair and makeup done. I, I do it myself. That's probably one of my most asked questions. I always do it myself. Um, and then I'll go up and rehearse if we need to, we'll go film the devil in focus segment for social media separately. So they can play it right before game time on social media. And then we'll re-record it live during the actual show again. So the pre-recorded for social media is like a good practice run for me on that segment, and then warm ups start. I'm in the studio and I'm waiting. And as soon as the warm ups are done, they do a couple things before me, and I'm just standing there waiting. And they say, "Okay, let's send it down to the studio. The studio on standby." And then my nerves pick up a little bit, and I get ready and I do the pregame show. Start
0: sweating.
3: <laughs> start sweating. And I always, I think that studio runs a little warm to begin with, so I just, you know, I'm I'm excited though but I always get a little bit of nerves and I think that's because I really care a lot about how I do and how I perform because I want to be a huge part of someone's positive experience coming to a Devils game and after the pregame show is done I hustle up to the uh, top level the media row and I watch the games and during the periods I'll go into the the room where we have all the controls and everything for the in game show, and I'll talk with the guys who are running highlights. We'll cut up a highlights pack together, and then I'll go down to the studio, practice the highlights maybe once before they throw it to me live for the intermission shows. And we do an intermission show, going over highlights and some marketing reads for each per- or each intermission. And then after that, I have post game duties that vary, whether going into the locker room or helping with the website coverage. So it gets a little busy, but it's a lot of fun and. There's a great team there, and I'm just really grateful that everyone has helped me and supported me and has given me the ability to really grow my hosting side because I didn't have any experience really truly hosting before starting this role. So it has been really fun to grow that part of my my own skill set
1: yeah i i feel like i'm sweating listening <laughs> yeah how busy that is. it's
3: a lot of walking and dan's not lying when he said like i'll i'll see her walk past me a couple times like that he means like a couple times a night because he's either seeing me coming back from doing an intermission show or going to an intermission show so it's it's the studio is not on the same level that i watch games so oh. sometimes it's a mad dash
1: oh my goodness
0: like do you ever get to watch the game <laughs>
3: yeah i do watch the games. Um highlights guys are amazing too so say I'm in transit going down to the studio if I get there and I miss something they know to clip it already and we'll go through it so they've been wonderful and so helpful and they'll show me on my monitor so I can see what I missed and sometimes we'll add in a highlight from you know the last two minutes of a period and sometimes you don't have time to go through what the highlight is so it's a lot of going on the fly and highlights are hard. Um, it's probably the biggest learning curve I've ever had in my career to get down highlights. But I have a wonderful broadcast coach who I've been with for about five years now, Jill Montgomery. And she will never say that she does anything to help us. She just said she guides us, but she has completely <laughs> changed my career around and has helped me so much. And the patience she had to help me with my highlights as well as my producer from the past few years, Blaine Sayers, the patience that they had really helped me get my highlights reads down because I actually before when I was in Boston freelancing, I blew a job interview because I could not do highlights. So luckily that fear has been conquered.
1: <laughs> oh, we love that. We love that. Um, So I'm sure the answer to this question is going to be well, it completely depends. But what does a non game day kind of look like for you
3: yeah so today is um the team is on the road I'm not on the road trip so for me it's catching up on some some community videos I'm editing so whether it's writing articles to go with those videos or editing that's something that I do on some days especially if it's a game day and the team's on the road it's a great chance for me to do the other parts of my job that aren't team schedule dependent um if it's the team's at home I most likely will be at practice. We do try to balance out the crew. So no one's getting burnt out in the season. And sometimes I'll have a day off when they're practicing, but usually I'm at a practice and whether I'm writing or doing a video report, um, it depends on the day. And we have a really great content team. I can never say enough amazing things about them. And Amanda Stein, Sam Kassan, the three of us are kind of like a mini unit and they have been wonderful to work with and just so supportive and so awesome. So. I'm really lucky to work with them on everything as well. So we have a great time covering practices. And then, yeah, during the season, there's events and there's community um, initiatives. So there's always something going on. So I'm hustling around the state of New Jersey a little bit, but I love it because this is a place that I've kind of considered home for my entire life on and off. I'm originally from New York City and I claim that as my hometown, but my mom's from Bergen County in New Jersey. So for me, like, being able to explore more New Jersey over the past four years has been really dear to me and has really fueled me because that's a huge part of my family's identity. And it's been really fun to just be able to see like where my mom grew up there, see the community rinks and stuff like that, that she skated at when she was younger and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, that's that's cool. I I figured it would
3: be very dependent, but that's cool that yeah. you guys <laughs> so nobody gets burned out. Yeah, and yeah. they're both amazing at what they do as well. We're really lucky that we have such a strong content team and our social media team is amazing and all of our video producers do a fantastic job. So really all the credit goes to them. I'm just very lucky to be along for the ride and our PR and hockey ops team is also just, they're incredible as well. So I'm just very grateful for the coworkers that I have and the the responsibilities I do have and just the access, like it truly is a privilege. And every day I'm like, wow, okay, so this is what I'm doing for a job. This is this is pretty <laughs> neat. I'll give it that.
0: <laughs> never a dull moment, and and the the work never stops. But you, you like you said, you all do a great job. Uh, I think. Uh, As somebody that's covered hockey for a long time, like you kind of know what's good and what's not. And I feel like the Devils do a lot of really good things, Um, whether it's coverage, their own internal coverage, uh, the access that they give, um, not just uh, any reporter, but some young aspiring reporters as well. Um, They they do everything like really, really well, I think. Um, We had a couple of questions about uh, Megan Duggan, but you kind of you went on about her a little bit before. We don't want to (laughs) And, and that's fine. It's uh, you. You kind of jumped ahead of us, but that's 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 all good.
1: Um, Make our job very easy.
0: She's awesome. Yeah, yeah.
3: Awesome for the record, she's just an incredible person. So like the hype is real. Like Megan Duggan is, she is amazing, and I'm just grateful that I've been able to know her for so long and work with her now at two different employers. So I mean, I'm very yeah. lucky. <laughs> that,
0: that, that's really cool. Like I, I think I've said it before on here. I may not have, but I, I know I've t- told a couple of people like. Megan's one of those people where like when I I see her every now and then come through the press room and I know she's not there all the time, but like I'll be eating dinner and I look up and I'm like, holy shit, that's Megan Duggan. And I'm like, I, you know, at this point, it shouldn't be that. And I covered her playing a little bit too. When she played in the NWHL, she was there at the cup party when the Riveters won and we were all at Red's next door. She was there hanging out. Like, and I'm still, she's, she's one of them people where I'm like, like, wow, like she's, She's a presence like she was a really good hockey player and somebody yeah. I have a lot of respect for um did did you do you ever have those kind of moments?
3: oh with- always i it's actually really funny because I, I, this might be weird to say, but I just don't really like view myself as any bit of a celebrity or well known like when I talk to the camera, I'm looking at a black box like I really <laughs> don't think that people are watching or listening to the things that I say so when people are like, oh my gosh, I watched all your stuff, I get like very shy, which I'm not a shy person at all. So when I meet other people like Megan Duggan or people of high levels within any sport and they're like, oh yeah, hi Catherine. I'm like, wait, no, 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 sorry. (laughs) I'm just a fan in this moment. That's what it feels like for me at least, but I'm always floored by the amazing people that have come through, um, the devils or even just working at, USA hockey I was able to cover like Austin Matthews in the year leading up to his draft so yeah to cover him back then I was like oh wow this guy is going to be such a legendary player in the NHL and same with Brady Kachuk, Joel Farabee like all these guys that are playing in the NHL I cover Jake Ottinger so for me it's being able to tell stories of those players and even a lot of the women's players that I covered at U18 like I said they're they're on the national team now and they have been or they're playing professional hockey, whether it's in North America or overseas. So being able to meet them and tell their stories has been awesome. But I mean, they're such legends in sports and I've been so grateful to meet so many and even legends in sports media that I've been able to interview, like uh, Christine Simpson over the pandemic. She let us interview her and it was incredible. And hey, she I've used been-
0: to run Devils.
3: Yeah, and she just—I mean, she's like the face of hockey night in Canada, and you're like, oh my god, like you should not be on a Zoom call with me, ma'am. Like (laughs) you are too cool for this. But she was so gracious with her time. And when I worked at USA Hockey, I met Linda Cohn at the World Cup of Hockey training camp that the Devils had, or not the Devils team USA had. And I like introduced myself, and we actually became friends and keep in touch and. I'm so honored for that relationship so it's just I and I've said this multiple times in this interview already but like I am so grateful every day for all these opportunities I've had I I don't take it for granted and when I meet certain people in this industry like I'll walk away and I'll be like oh my god did that just really happen and I like (laughs) fangirl a little bit internally
0: yeah, yeah. You have to you learn quickly in this business that you have to kind of keep that in turn a little bit. Yep. <laughs> uh I, I learned kind of as an intern, kind of uh tagging along with Stan Fishler and then kind of mm-hmm. being behind the scenes and and then you kind of just build that up over time. But um you mentioned uh something we didn't have down. You mentioned you started four years ago. That was kinda of during COVID, right? Like
3: So my first season was the twenty nineteen, twenty twenty season. Uh,
0: so okay.
2: <laughs>
3: During my first season, the world shut down. And it was the weirdest thing because it took until my third season for me to actually cover a development camp and a training camp properly. Because my first season I was hired while they were in training camp. So my first day was the home opener. So I never covered training camp that year. The next season, they didn't really have a real training camp. Like it was very shortened and, you know it was very strict on access and i was in the bubble to start training camp and then i wasn't in the bubble for the season so like it was weird and i remember it was my third season and i was asking my former boss all these questions and i was like chris like i just don't i don't know what to expect and he goes catherine this is your third season like why are you having these questions? And then he was—he remembered, he was like, oh, you have yet to cover real training camp. And this is your third NHL season. So it was a very weird time to start. Well, I didn't think it was at the time, but it ended up being one of the most unbelievable seasons ever. And the story just continues. It's always turns and there's always something new and a new challenge, but it's been a fun ride.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I I just I heard four years and I and I just kind of clicked in my head like, oh yeah, four years. Like, that's, yeah, that's how, that's how like everything was crazy uh, when all that'll happen. So um, you mentioned Megan Duggan, uh, prominent role with the New Jersey Devils. Yourself and Amanda do great jobs in what you do. Um, I look around and I've, I'm there, obviously. But, you know, most games I'm not there as frequently as I used to. There's a lot of women in prominent positions. Doing really good stuff with the Devils, um, that's pretty cool to see. I would assume it's not something that goes unnoticed by yourself, right? Whether it's oh,
3: absolutely not, yeah. Megan
0: Duggan or, or Kate Madigan, right? Or, or uh, Jillian, I'm forgetting her last name. Forget, that, yeah, Perchette, right? Um, Kate, Kate Whitman, and, that, and this um, she helps out with the community stuff. Right? There's there's a, a lot of women working, whether it's in front of the camera or behind the cameras, that, that do a lot of great stuff. That's pretty neat to be a part of.
3: Absolutely. And there's even more women that are more behind the scenes and maybe not in the prominent roles as like executive director of the Devil's Youth Foundation or Jillian Prechette, who's our chief marketing officer and does an amazing job and content is a part of the marketing department. So I'm able to work with her a lot. And she's, she's taught me so much during my time. So I'm just very grateful that my department head is a woman because it just shows how far we've come in sports But there's so many people, not only with the Devils and Prudential Center, but all of HBSC. They're a company that really practices what they preach. And they're always about making sure that there is incredible diversity within the organizations that are a part of HBSC. So I'm very grateful, whether it's on the Philadelphia 76ers side or some of the smaller brands within, I've been able to meet so many different women in so many different roles. And it's just been great to learn from them as well, because all of us have a different path and all of us have had a different story, but being able to learn from the other women has helped me, especially because it isn't always the easiest being a woman in sports. And I think it's really empowering when you're able to make such great friendships and get such great support from other women. And I'm just also grateful to that this role and working in the NHL, I've been able to meet people from other teams and from the league and really expand my own network of women that I've become very good friends with. So it is really cool though to see the huge commitment by HBSC to making sure that there is a diversity and diverse voices in the room no matter what organization or what level. And I think that's very important to say that's not just you know we have x amount of women it's we have x percent of our leadership board is women. And I think that's very very powerful
0: yeah and like i said it's, it's noticeable i've covered the team for this is my 21st season uh, um which is crazy to, it's a crazy number to, to say out loud but uh, <laughs> to, to see the change and obviously the ownership has changed a couple of times over the years but to see that evolution it's really neat to see and and well deserved like everybody That does what they do busted their ass to get where they are and they do a great job at it like yourself like like everybody that we mentioned um you kind of alluded to it a little bit what are the challenges if any that you've faced as a woman in in sports media um just being a woman in in life i know is tough as it is yeah (laughs) with everything that that goes on in the world that we can do a whole other hour on on a different topic podcast but um what are some of the challenges, if any, that you've kind of faced along the way? Because I know everybody's kind of going through a little bit. like.
3: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that I have is I struggle sometimes with imposter syndrome and really saying sometimes is not saying how much I struggle with it, just because there is the inherent belief by a group of people and not all people, but the, a group of people do think I got my job because I'm a woman. And that's really disheartening because I have sacrificed so much in my own life to pursue this career path and I've worked so hard to get where I am and I'm I am grateful for the challenges I've had to face but I do think as I everyone who's in their roles I trust that they were brought into whatever role that they're in outside of sports included because they were the right fit or the right person and it's not my place to judge anyone else I always say like, you're only in competition with yourself. You're never in competition with someone else because that's just not how it should be. So it is hard when you know that people think that you were only brought in for a certain reason. That's not the legitimate reason. I think it's also hard too, because I could mess up saying a name or slip up or forget something or um, say something that I just forgot or like forgot to say something and someone could say well she doesn't know hockey or she doesn't know this. I just because I mispronounce someone's name one time doesn't mean I don't know how to pronounce that person's name. I just I'm a human and I've slipped up before yeah, and that's uh, just very common in broadcasting in general. And you just say excuse me, this is what I meant and move on, but I think sometimes it's heightened as a woman. Um but you know, you just continue on and for me it's always about focusing on the good, not the bad. And I'm sure there's plenty of criticisms of me from people, but for me, I'm always working on how can I be better because I want to be the best version of myself. And I think it's really important for all women in sports. Like you are going to get a lot of backlash at times or unnecessary hate or unnecessary comments. But I think it's so important to just allow those to exist, allow yourself to feel hurt by them, but don't let them change your story. And if you want to find any change in your life, not just because you work in sports, if you want to find any change in your life as a human being, you have to be fueled by your own personal desire, not by someone else, because you won't see the results unless you are doing something and making a change for yourself. So I think that's been the core value that I've held onto being a woman in sports, because it has allowed me to just be able to. Not fully tune out, but try to not let other people's opinions of me being a woman in sport change how I feel about myself.
0: That was that. That was really good. That was like some captain <laughs> speech. Right, <Alex>? yeah. <laughs> that's what yeah. I'm here for. <laughs> I'm ready to like get up and go to battle for you. Like, not that I wasn't ready. <laughs> I
2: don't
0: know if you need me to, to fight your battles for you, but yeah, I I am writing that question like I. I think all of us that are online enough, like you see kind of the hate that certain people get and some people get more than others and this, that, and the other. And I wrote this question down. I'm like, I can't think of any time I've ever seen anybody like say anything inappropriate or bad to you. And I'm not saying that they don't, I'm sure they do, but um, I feel like you're very universally well liked. That's kind of a, r- a rare spot to be in, especially <laughs> in sports media. I hope um, so.
3: But I also know that that's not, If if someone doesn't like me, then, that's fine. No one's, not everyone's ever going to like me. I just have to like myself. And that's why. Right. And I just want to always have a positive impact on people. So that's, those are what I strive for. And I get, like, I'm not, I know plenty of people that don't like me. And you are very valid. We all are human. We all make mistakes. And we all are people that want to just be better every day. So you just have to remember that. And it's very difficult. Trust me, I know. But it's very hard to be a human in this world, regardless of who you are. So I think it's just, you know, you got to keep, keep pushing through and keep searching for yourself to be content and not worry about what other people expect from you. I want to expect the most from myself to be a good person, to live by core values and to be better every
0: day. Yeah. That's kind of like what we say at the end of the show. You said it a lot more eloquently, but <laughs> I would say like, be nice to somebody like, yeah. you know, just be a good person. It doesn't cost anything like, no, and, 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 a lot of times, you know, the smallest gestures can have the biggest impacts. Like you don't know what people are going through and stuff like that. 100. Uh, that was that was a great answer, Ali. Uh, take it away. You got the next couple of questions here.
1: I know. I feel bad pivoting. That was that was that was good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you have any favorite players that you've interviewed?
3: Um, I have quite a few. I've been very lucky and. I'm not just saying this. I, I truly think that I've been very fortunate to come across a lot of players who have been so gracious with their time and not to beat up on myself, but I think back sometimes to when I was starting at USA Hockey and really developing my deeper level of the game, how patient certain players like Megan Duggan were with me when I must have asked very annoying questions because I just wasn't confident. <laughs> in my own knowledge of the game as I am now. So I'm always like, Oh God, those first few years, I hope it wasn't that bad. Like I would always interview Megan Keller, Alex Carpenter, all these USA women's players. And I'm like, Oh geez, thank God. They're still, they're so patient with their time. Um, I loved covering Jake Ottinger at BU and USA hockey. Same with Brady Kachuk and Joel Farabee. Those were three that really stick out in my mind quickly. Um, With the Devils, I really, truly mean this. And Dan, you're in the room plenty. Like, everyone has been so kind and so gracious with their time. So it's it's pretty much impossible for me to pick a favorite out of that. But they've all been super nice to me and all have given me so many great answers and explained things to me, whether on camera or off, and just given me great insight that has helped me do my job better. So I am a big fan of that. I do love when Lindy Ruff tells us some great stories. We were in Edmonton last year and he talked about how he had a contact lens stuck on his eye and he got hit in a game and it popped the lens out after like months. And that was one of the funniest stories I've ever heard. And Edmonton media, there's a lot of people in that scrum and all of us left it with the biggest smile on our face. So it's, it's cool when you get a, you get a story out of someone that you didn't expect to get going into interview. I think that's probably my favorite moments. Um, or when, you know, someone gives you just such a detailed explanation on something, and it just expands your own knowledge of the game. So, you know, fun stories or really detailed answers that help me do my job. Those are probably my favorites. I know not players, but those are my favorite types of answers.
1: I think we'll accept that as an answer.
0: <laughs> yeah, both, both, both we can accept that. That's, that's a great answer.
3: Um,
1: so then what would your dream interview be, you think? With Ooh. who?
3: that's really hard I actually haven't ever thought of that which is pretty funny because I think and like one player on the devil said this to me once they were like I never want to think about what's after my playing career because I think there's like psychology behind it that you'll get to that quicker if you think about so I never try to limit my dreams ever and like I didn't do that when I was like I want to work in a professional sports league one of the big four in the U.S. so I don't know if I want to limit it per se, however, I would want to be gifted the ability to interview someone about a topic in their personal life that they've never shared publicly and be that person that they trust to share that story with. And that really goes back to my mentor, Laura Oakman, who is a very famous NFL sideline reporter, one of the longest tenured sideline reporters in NFL history. And she runs this program called Galvanize, which I actually was in, you're always a part of Galvanize, but I did programs, boot camps for that when I was at USA Hockey. And Laura is all about storytelling and connections and how you build relationships with people in the industry that will allow you both to gain trust so important stories can be shared. And she's been able to tell such meaningful stories through her relationship building And I've always aspired to be even one fifteenth of how good she is. And I think I don't want to limit it to who a dream, but I would love to be a part of someone saying, Hey, I trust you and I've never talked about this. And I want you to help me tell this story. That is the dream to hit that one day.
0: It's a lot of pressure.
3: I know. And it (sighs) takes a lot of time to build relationships like that, but that would be incredible.
0: I've I've had uh smaller scale moments like and we've talked about it a little bit on this show the the bubble, the NWHL that mm-hmm. failed, that kind of got burst really quick. Um I had a lot of people tell me a lot of information that was not good for a lot of people and um the debate of whether to like publicize it, keep it internal, you know, use my platform for for a reason. Um, all those things, like it, it, it's, a, it's a lot to endure. Um, do you take, like, do you follow, uh, I, I'm assuming you, you're somewhat similar in the, in the way I am, where like um, even doing the show or asking players questions in the room, like I take cues or or I take kind of notes from, you see what other people are doing and, and you take maybe a little bit of, of kind of like like a basketball player or a hockey player watching another player and say, like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll implement that into my game. Do you do that at all? Is there, there people that you watch that you kind of take cues from?
3: Yes and no. Um, I used to watch people for that a lot more just because I think I was kind of trying to figure out who I was as a person and as a mm-hmm. journalist. But I think it's really hard sometimes when you're watching other people because um, comparison is the thief, the thief of joy. And I feel like sometimes in any high-profile industry, it can be really easy to fall down the the line of thinking of, well, this person is so much better than me, and they're in this job, and I want to be in this job. And I was actually talking with um, Lauren Gardner, who I've had the privilege of knowing for years, and she is as wonderful of a human as you think she is, if you follow her at all for MLB Network, NHL Network. Mm -hmm. Um, She is phenomenal she is just truly an amazing individual and I'm so grateful to call her a friend and she talks a lot about being grateful for the moment and I think for me especially early in my career I was so observant of others and and compares like comparing myself all the time like well this person got to this level at 24 and I'm 26 why am I not there and I think I got into a really bad mind space because I wasn't looking at another person of like hey I could learn that tip from them. I was just comparing myself all the time. And I've spent a lot of the last few years working on that myself and just becoming more confident and comfortable in who I am, which I think is so empowering. So now, when I watch other people, I do try to pick up certain things when it comes to maybe asking a question more concisely or figuring out a way to build trust with a coach or an athlete or someone in management. So I do look to people for that. But I also have to make sure that I'm not making comparisons with my own career, because everyone's on a different path. And I truly believe that. And I think at some point in everyone's life, you understand why certain things didn't work out. And I've learned in the past five years, why certain things that I thought were best for me didn't work out. And I'm so grateful that they didn't work out. But I'm just trying not to be too much of a comparison. And that's a hard line for me, because I'm very critical of myself. So, but I do watch my own stuff a lot to get better because I do believe that like an athlete, you have to watch film all the time. So with my broadcast coach, we watch every hit that I have and that has helped me grow so much too. And she's a former broadcaster herself. So Jill has taught me how to watch my own stuff to develop. And then she'll tell me certain people that if I'm struggling with a certain skill, she'll be like. Well, you know, this person at this network does a great job with that. You should watch how they do it. And that's when I usually tune in a little bit more, but long, long, longest answer ever. But I do love (laughs) watching my friends and my colleagues in the industry as a fan in that viewpoint. So I don't fall into the comparison trick, which is like a good way that I balance it and compartmentalize it.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, that that, long answer but it made a lot of sense too so it was it was well worth it um I, I i mentioned it because like when when we started doing this show and when i previously did the podcast uh with with mike and uh, lenny like i didn't i didn't really think too much of it it was more just like we're hanging out and we just talk about whatever whatever topics we wrote down or, or scribbled on a piece of paper right Like this this we try and keep it a little bit more structured um, I, I have a script I send Allie and we, you know, just more like a guide more than anything else, but, um, how, how to get in and out of questions like, well, that, and it helps if you know the person, you know, um, sorry, Allie, I know a lot of times I put you in spots where she's like, I don't know this person's personality at all, uh, <laughs> but that that proves how great you are and you're, uh, Allie's got like, you know, uh, the vibes are immaculate as they say, uh, all-time teammate and and all-time co-host but um i start doing this and and like i started uh i'm not ashamed to admit like i watch a lot of that show hot ones um and oh yeah
3: with the wings yeah right
0: i he's obviously his guests are distracted a little bit um, (laughs) but the the type of questions the way he kind of transitions gets in and out of things like I've taken a lot of cues from that. And yeah. I, never, I never imagined I would from, you know, and then and implement it into this. But um, and other um, reporters that I like the way that they kind of get in and out of questions. And you mentioned um, when you're in the locker room and you're talking to players like trust is a huge thing. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, that goes a long way when when I learned a really long time ago, like if if you know what you're talking about or if you come up with a good nugget about somebody or, or you found something you know that not everybody knows and you ask a player about it a lot of times they it's like oh wow that's cool like this person actually did their research as opposed mm-hmm. to like we see a lot of times in women's hockey where it's like oh alex carpenter she's bobby carpenter's daughter and they don't know anything else about her and it's like she doesn't want to talk about her dad every time she does an interview right but a lot of times she gets You know, she's going to do it anyway because she's a good person and all that. But it's like if you do your research, and I found that covering the the NWHL, like you get to know people and you get to know what they're about, things that they're into, um, and you kind of build those relationships. It makes writing stories a whole hell of a lot easier and people are more apt to open up and and tell you things like, hey, like, you know, my coach should be playing me more. We had a big blowout in the locker room. Etc. Etc. Like these are all conversations that like you you get when you build trust and um, for you you're there like all the time like that helps. uh, Now that you're finally actually able to be in in close proximity, it makes your job (laughs) a lot easier too, right? Like,
3: yeah, it was wild on those Zoom avails for that year, but hey, I was just grateful that we could even cover the sport when there was all that stuff going on. So it was it was a different experience but something i you learn something from every experience that you have
0: every everything is a learning experience and uh we asked you your dream interview mine when i was growing up was like i wanted to ask Wayne Gretzky like one question like just one question because it's mm-hmm. like he's like um never thought i would kind of get the opportunity because he was not playing and then he was a coach of the coyotes uh coyotes come to new jersey the, one year that he's the coach and i'm like i ain't missing this game i don't care if it's <laughs> like i don't care if i'm the only one there like i am gonna get there uh i think arizona actually over there maybe phoenix back then they won the game and gretzky was sick he had like this like head cold or whatever and he he was they were like yeah he's gonna be available but he's not gonna talk for too long and you know how those kind of coach scrums, especially right after a game, they, they usually don't last too long—maybe four or five minutes. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm we're standing around him. His eyes are water, and he's got a lozenge in his mouth. And I'm like, it would be really stupid if I didn't ask one question, even as bad as he's shape he's in. Like, I feel like I had to ask a question—some random question about the game. Um, couldn't tell you what it was now, but I was like, I walked away from there. I was like. I talked to Wayne Gretzky. I, Wayne Gretzky looked at me, knows who I am, doesn't know why, <laughs> but, like, acknowledged me as a person and answered me. And I was like, that was the coolest thing for me. That was like, I don't need to interview anybody else. Like, all my favorite players were kind of retired. And, you know, I see them walking around the hallways or, or um, you mentioned, you know, you know, seeing people like Megan Duggan. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, that's, uh, I've seen, like, Steve Eisenman a couple of times. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's And like that's that's a dude, like those these are like legends I grew up watching. Uh uh Ronnie Francis was another one when he used to scout, uh we used to see him sitting in the in eating dinner next to him, like you know, uh uh Bobby Nystrom was another one, like he was a scout, like those those are pretty cool. Um I think that's all we have. Uh, we have to get to our fan questions. Did I ask you what your dream job is? We've just rambled off. You have a dream job? I, don't think I, I have did. a
3: couple. Um, I actually never really share them publicly, which is very oh. funny. I, I'm one of those people that I'm afraid that if I talk about a dream too much publicly, it won't happen, but I will like, think about it all the time. I'm weird with it. But, um, that's um a- I guess the one job that I will say that would be a dream job, and I'm not sure of the timeline, but I would love kind of how certain if with the NFL, they have certain reporters with networks that do feature stories every week with a player or like a, an O-line or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Being a features reporter like that is something that I truly want to tap into. So that is one dream that I have. But there's a couple dream jobs. Hopefully will be achieved. But actually, the other thing I will say, I want to cover the Olympic Games. I've always wanted to cover the Olympics. It has been, like I said earlier in this interview, like it's, I'm a huge Olympics person. And yeah. it is a it would be a dream come true to cover both the summer and winter Olympic Games. So those are my two dream jobs that I
0: will divulge. All right. And, and you'll manifest internally the other ones. Yes. <laughs> um Olympics are going to be here in the States in a couple of years, right? So you have exactly. a, a prime opportunity. Hopefully that works out for you.
2: That would be uh,
0: awesome. You have obviously a, a done a great job, bright career uh, so far, and, and I'm sure it'll continue. Uh, we're speaking with, I should have said this like 10 minutes ago, but um, we're speaking with Catherine Bogert from the New Jersey Devils. Uh, she does it all, host, reporter, producer for the Devils and the Prudential Center. Um, does a great job in all of them. Like I said, you can hear on the radio, uh, online hits, all that, all that good stuff. Um, you made it through all of our questions, but now you have to go through our gauntlet of, uh, fan questions. And those are kind of going to be a roller coaster.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> we don't have as many as we normally do. And we kind of kept them a little, uh, they, they kept them a little tamer than sometimes. Maybe it's because yes. you're not a player. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I will ask, we usually ask most of our guests, um, do you have any hockey-related stuff in your car? Do you have a car?
3: I don't have a car anymore. Okay. Um, I used to, but I keep a pair of skates at my desk at work.
0: Okay. So that's, we'll accept that as an answer. <laughs> there we go. Uh, it, we, we always get some some good answers. Uh, was it Nate? Nate Oliver said he had a broken stick from one of his former players. <laughs> car. Uh, a lot of players have skates, rollerblades, those kind of things. So. Yep. Um, cool. Uh, first question is from Jedi twenty eight fifteen. Asked if you're familiar, what is one Lou rule that's gotta go? Uh, Catherine started working for the Devils after Lou Lamarillo uh left, which is what this is referring to. Lou has a couple of rules. Um, I honestly, you know, I don't have a problem with them as as much as everybody else does. They say like, if you don't like the rules, like like the rule with the every team or. Pretty much every team has don't step on the logo in the room. And the argument is always, well, don't put it in the middle of the room. To me, that's like you go into somebody's house and like, can you please take your shoes off? And you're like, nah, screw you. Like, I'm just going to keep my shoes on. Like you you go into somebody's place. You kind of respect their rules. However silly you might think they are. Um, Lou has a bunch of rules with uh, players not having facial hair, except for in the playoffs. Uh, didn't like to hand out really high numbers uh, for the players' jerseys unless you were an established player like uh, Yaramir Yager or uh, Alexander McGillany, Dougie Gilmore. Those are a couple I remember that he kind of broke that rule for. Um, but, I mean, it's, I look at it like it's, it's his team. He does whatever the hell he wants. Like, there's 30, I guess 32 of those jobs now um when you're in charge you do things the way you want and you know in our industry is kind of you critique and um i guess fans fans are never happy like it feels like um they want you to fire the coach and then the next guy they're going to want to fire too so i don't i don't know (laughs) um for Allie, uh love uh lev amanda levier's new gear but what's up with the plain helmet uh did she design the gear herself she had the the plain black helmet right like the darth vader kind of look
1: uh yeah, she's got a new masked Marvel helmet, which she would have gotten through Brian's, which is what she's been wearing for as long as I've known her. Um, she did design her pads herself. Um, she had a little bit of a different look, but um Brian's design capabilities is a little bit behind, say, CCM and Bauer, so they couldn't quite pull off what she wanted but she did design her pads um, and then as far as her helmet is concerned uh, Lev has a tiny head <laughs> and a girl. It, yes she has like the smallest head of anyone I've seen um, so helmets don't she had one helmet the one that she wore in college and that fit fit her very well They've since changed a lot of the sizing, so she's struggled with finding a helmet that actually fit her head and kept her safe. Um, so I'm assuming the one that she has right now is custom to her head. Um, so normally what would happen is they would send that off to a painter right away or send it to someone to get wrapped, but for her health and safety, for her to be on the ice, it's she's she just might be rocking a black helmet until they've got some time off.
0: Okay, that that works. Uh yeah, I remember she had a I think it was for the All-Star game they made a mask for her. Um was it the one in Minnesota and she only wore it for a couple of games and it was like
1: Yeah, problems
0: it wasn't fitting right and
1: it was so she anyone that knows Bauer helmets, she they they have a enemy line and a profile line. One is wider and shorter and one is longer and narrower. Although she has a very small head, the enemy line fit her well. That one ended up being a profile, so didn't fit her noggin, so she had to go back to her old one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I loved uh when she played with the Buttes and had the gophers one as as a gophers fan, I thought it was cool, but um it just popped with the the blue jerseys and the yellow maroon mask. But it's weird but weird combo, but it looked good. Um do, do we think the PWHL draft is too late in the year? Seems to limit the European options. Is the last uh, question from Jedi twenty fifteen? Thank you for the question. Um, I think it is a little too late. I'm I'm a little confused as to. I guess it's going to be everybody that isn't on like more than a two year deal, right? Like everybody else is kind of going to be redrafted again. Is that how it's going to work? Um, plus, you have collegiate players, plus players playing over in Europe that might want to come back, um, and it seems like they're only going to have six teams again. Um, not sure. I don't know how that. It does seem to limit the European options and and for the players. Uh, but at least there'll be everybody knows what leagues there are going into the off season, <laughs> whenever the off season starts for your respective leagues, which will be a change, I guess. Uh, So that's, that's sort of a positive. Um, It'll be interesting to see. Uh, Thank you for the question. Next question from Mike Murphy. Oh, Mike Murphy, dig deep BSB. Uh, Who is somebody in hockey media broadcast that you look up to or admire? Catherine, you mentioned a couple of them. Are there any other ones you want to give a quick shout out to?
3: Um, I've always wanted to meet Molly McGrath. I followed her when she was with the Celtics. and I always thought she does a great job, but there's a lot of women I've been blessed to know, including Shereen. Um, and then all the black girls hockey club women have become really great friends. Erica Ayala, who is, I'm sure a friend of you all is. Shout
0: great. out Erica. Yeah, she EA. is phenomenal.
3: And I'm so grateful to be friends with Erica. And every time I see her, it almost makes me cry. I'm so happy to see her. So we got reunited at All-Star so I was very happy to see her there and there's just so many amazing people in this industry Megan Chaka and I have become really good friends and you know there's I I feel so bad cuz I'm not going to say nearly half the people that I would want to but there's just so many incredible people in this space so I'm I'm
0: very grateful for that It's pretty cool where you get to work all the Devils games right and uh, oh, we're playing, uh, the Devils are playing this team tonight. Oh, this this person that I admire is coming in with their crew. Like I'll Exactly. Get um, as a reporter, it's somebody kind of who would um, sometimes go down to the other locker room too. It's not only like, oh, I get to meet, uh, whether it was uh, Lisa Dillman from the LA Times or uh, all the other great reporters that come in through, through all the, that I'm blanking on. Mike Lang was one with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I was like, oh my God, I got to meet him um long time radio broadcaster and, and TV, I guess. Um, but then it's also the players too, where it was like, oh, I got a chance to interview Zdeno Chara or really dating myself, Dominic Hashik. Like, um like I had a lot of those cool moments where i was like, this is, you know, one day like you're watching them on TV and the next day it's like, oh, this guy is a giant and I'm standing in front of him and I have to <laughs> kind of keep my cool and ask a question. Um the, there's there's a, lo- a lot of people that uh that i've met and um back when i first started covering it, it was a lot of the espn guys it was like oh my god like barry melrose is here it's like this is a big game espn is here tonight like that those moments were kind of cool um and then playoffs is is like a whole nother example too where you get like all the, the big national media comes in too oh yeah uh, oh add will
3: my- dunk into my list i just thought of her espn okay. used to be with nesson um I absolutely adore her, and I think she's phenomenal, and I would love to meet Elle. And I have to give special love to one of my closest friends, Megan Triplett, who is Brooklyn Nets host and reporter for Yes Network, and she does a phenomenal job, and she has been a huge supporter of mine and huge reason why I am where I am right now. So I give her big props, and that's one of the women in sports media that's been the most inspiring to me.
0: So I've watched, I've talked about it a little bit on the show. Like I've watched a lot more basketball this season than I have in the past. And part of that was uh, no PHF for the first, you know, a couple of months of the hockey season. It was like, okay, like a lot of nights I would just be a hockey junkie and watch any game that was on. And now it was like, oh, I'll I'll watch basketball. I haven't watched hoops in a long time. Um, And I've watched various broadcasts, whether you mentioned the the Yes Network, uh, Brooklyn Nets, uh, I've watched MSG. Um, and even some on the NBA channel, they show like the the local feeds. Mm -hmm. Um, There's there's a lot of women working in, in, and even on ESPN as well, like the studio, uh, call in games. They have a a bunch of games where it's, it's all women crews. Um, that's really awesome to see. And like, we don't see enough of that. I think in hockey, I think hockey is kind of, as they've done a good job of progressing, it, it maybe could, could move along a little bit faster. Um, but it's, it's really cool to see. And, and just something that I noticed, like, and having, you know, I, I probably hadn't watched the basketball other than the finals. Like I I hadn't watched like regular season basketball game in 10 years, probably. And I didn't think it was like that when I, when I stopped watching. So it was really cool to see that kind of progression and um, just the knowledge. Like I watched a couple of Nets games and um, I, I forget the woman's name, but they were just dropping like so much knowledge. It was like, Oh, I didn't even know who this player was this guy's averaging whatever, 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 like this, is this is really cool. And it was fun broadcast. It was informative. It wasn't, and and I've never been one like um, There's certain broadcasters we like and, you know, certain broadcasters we don't like everybody has their own personal tastes. Um, but I've, I've never watched a, a broadcast and, and thought like, Oh, this woman is taken away from the broadcast. Like um, if anything, they're adding to it and just, just adding more knowledge. Uh, Cause everybody does their homework. Some more than others, but we're not here to, to put anybody down. Um, moving on, uh, uh, Mike also asks, "What is your favorite happy accident moment from a broadcast?" Oh,
3: I don't know, Mike. I need you to give me an example next time because I don't, I, I can't even think of what would one be. I don't know. I' it's hard to because. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you go, Dan. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Like sometimes uh, I in mock rooms, like I, I won't have a I'll have some questions planned. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, and then I'll think of something on the fly. Maybe he's he's kind of maybe referencing something like that. I'm like, oh, I didn't even think of this. So let me ask this. And sometimes I'll have to jot it down just to, so I don't forget it. Because uh, there's so much going on when you're when you're standing in a scrum. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, Fender force, uh, hockey woman XN asked, uh, hardest word to pronounce on the regular. Do you have any, any words that kind of trip you up or names? Um, are you you thankful that the devil's traded Shakir from Russia?
3: Oh, Shakir Mukhamadulin. No, I learned that one. I have, um, so this probably isn't publicly said ever. Actually, I ironic I became a broadcaster because for the first eight years of my life I was in speech class I grew up with a lot of speech problems I had ear infections my first two years of life and I could not say anything th I had trouble saying the majority of words in the English language I really struggled to speak um and that was very difficult for me to go through and my brother also had a lot of ear infections so neither of us really could hear how to speak when you're you're learning, um, Mm. especially around two and three. So I was in speech class until I was eight years old. And then I hurt my vocal cords and actually went back to speech therapy in my early 20s. So speaking has been actually very challenging for me throughout my life. So I'm just grateful when I get through a broadcast without stumbling or stuttering or slurring my words unintentionally. So I would say my answer to that is probably the like the most normal words that I use the most in my life have been the most challenging. But I do find with myself that I can learn how to say anyone's name after one night's sleep. So like if someone teaches me, say they were like, Catherine Bogart is her name. I mm. can say it and learn it, but it'll feel like second nature to me the second day. So I'm very lucky that that is something I have developed, but I actually will stumble more on a common word than I will on what most people would find a difficult word, just because that's who I am. And that's what makes me unique. So if you are, if anyone's listening and they feel discouraged because they also have gone through speech class, I am paid to talk for a living. And I spent the first eight years of my life in speech therapy.
0: Wow. I did not know that. I think we we learned a lot. Uh, here tonight. <laughs> uh, I, I have. You, I would have never get. I mean, I don't think anybody would guess something like that, but that's that's pretty cool and, and great job by you, like, battling through that. And you mentioned all the, the things that you've been through. Um, I feel like all those experiences, they make us kind of calloused. Um, and then, uh, you know, it becomes a little bit more routine and you feel a little bit more comfortable in, in your own skin, asking questions Um, all of that helps you become the the reporter that that you are today and I I think uh, as as we said I think the future is bright for you and uh, I think that's it I think you survived all of our listener questions that wasn't so bad
3: (laughs) no this is great I had a blast you guys are wonderful and thank you to everyone who submitted a question but I'm just grateful to be able to talk with you all like this has been really fun for me and like I said to you both earlier, I feel weird when people like know who I am or <laughs> why you hear more about me. I get very, like, I just don't think of myself in that way. I just think of myself who just edits a lot of videos and is on camera talking to like a black box. Like that's how I think of my life. So I am just grateful for this platform. So thank you both.
0: Uh, you're welcome. We appreciate that. As, as I told Allie, uh, I think it was yesterday, like, cats cats vip with the devils i had to ask permission to interview her so how <laughs> you yeah. know that somebody is a big deal no i'm just teasing that's that's how it goes uh i think it was who did i uh, we had haley moore on from the ahl I had, to, I had to ask permission uh or send a send a permission slip that's what i i, I said <laughs> uh, but, but that that's really neat um thank you for spending so much time with us um I hope everybody that's listening, if you didn't know Catherine Reddy, I hope you, you give her a follow on Twitter. Um, and I hope you learned a lot. I'm sure somebody, I don't know who, you know, we have a pretty, pretty vast audience, um, I think, but I I would think maybe some younger listeners or or older might get a little inspired uh, by some of the stuff that you said. Uh, I think it was all great. You can follow her on Twitter. I still call it Twitter. You can call it X. Uh, you can call it whatever you want. I still call it Twitter. You can follow her on Twitter, in the Twitterverse, at Catherine Bogart, no spaces, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-B-O-G-A-R-T. I got all of them right. Yep, got them right. that
3: was perfect. Uh,
0: Allie Morris, do you have anything final to ask Catherine before we say goodnight to her on her off day?
1: <laughs> no, thank you so much for joining us, though. It was great.
3: Thank you both, and I appreciate the support always, and to any listeners who do support, I really appreciate it as well. I am very humbled every time someone says that they've seen a video I've done or read an article, and um, Dan, we've known each other for quite a few years now, and I'm always grateful for your support, and Allie, it is great to connect and chat, and thank you both for such great and fun questions, and this was an absolute blast, and no better way to
0: spend my night, so thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Yeah, I, when you when you got the job with the Devils, I remember like thinking like, oh, like I've I've been following Catherine on Twitter for I don't know how many years. Like uh, her work with with USA and and with with Hockey East, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like they got somebody that I know, like <laughs> uh, not no, but no, you know, like no of <laughs> I guess. And uh, it's it's awesome to to see you. Like I said, doing great and. Um. Keep up the great work. Uh, those commercials, uh, I hear them probably sixty times a night if I do listen to the <laughs> radio. Um, but it would never get annoying to hear your voice. As I said, you do a great job. Uh, with everything everything and uh i'll see you i guess next week at the rink
3: perfect thank you so much and a big shout out too to everyone on the devils because the content team marketing hockey ops pr everyone has been phenomenal and they make me look good so a big shout out to them before i i leave you all tonight but thank you both for your time and your support and hope to see you soon Allie. come on by and dan i'll see you up on uh the press box level
0: Yep, I'll see you running around, not sweating at all, uh, <laughs> going from, from up to down and down to up. Or sometimes i see you even before everything starts and you're still running around. Yep. But uh, I'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us. You can back out. You can mute yourself. Uh, we're just going to wrap up and then get out of here because it's an hour and a half and nobody really wants to listen to us longer than that. <laughs> uh, Allie, do you have anything else to add before we say goodnight to everybody else?
1: No. <laughs>
0: okay. Allie prepared as always. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much to everybody that listened live. Thanks to everybody who's listening to this not live recorded version. We love you too. Uh, if you couldn't, if you could, uh, and you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. Uh, just search for the Ice Garden on whichever platform you prefer. Uh, and also subscribe to the actual Ice Garden website. That would be really cool too um we have different levels of of paid memberships uh we do have some some articles behind paywalls but those are really good articles so you're going to want to get those access anyway and your support helps us because we're an independent site now and it's your support that's kind of kept us alive uh my name is dan rice i don't think i mentioned that all night i mentioned it at the top last week and i didn't this week but i figure if you are listening to the show you probably know who i am uh, if not, if you don't follow me already on Twitter, uh, you can find me at D Rice Hockey or Dr. Ice Hockey. Uh, Allie Morse is my co-host. Uh, she's the best co-host in the world. Uh, I can tell why all of her goalie partners love her. Uh, she's been a great partner for me in this endeavor and an adventure. You can follow her in the Twitterverse, at Allie Morse. Very simple, no spaces. Plain Jane, even though Jane isn't her name. Uh, that's it for tonight. Uh as I like to say, do something nice with somebody. Tell something some tell somebody something nice. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. You never know what's going on in their life. It could it could really change their world. Uh check in on somebody you haven't checked in on in a while. Um I recently reconnected with somebody that I lost contact with for a couple of because it was um just kind of stubbornness, I guess. And I took my own advice and I reached out and I uh, was like, Hey, you know, like I, I miss being friends with you and everything. And, uh, we've kind of reconnected and, and, uh, you know, it was, that was my kind of good deed for the day. Now I did give somebody a finger when I was driving home later that day, but that's neither here nor there. Um, they may or may not have deserved it. Uh, but I don't advocate doing that. Thumbs down works a lot better than giving somebody a finger. Uh, and it all, you get weird looks too. When you give somebody a thumbs down, They're like what? Um, That's it for tonight. Um, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, We'll be back next week, maybe. Maybe the week after. Maybe next week. Don't know yet. To be determined. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you on the other side.